0: You are listening to Fear as a Motivator, and not a story in production. We must advise discretion when listening to this episode, as the deaths within hold no regard for human life, not of man, woman, or even child. It is intended to unnerve and terrify, and as such, presents depictions of gore and death that may not be suitable for some listeners. Headphones are recommended.
1: September 8th, year is 4845. New Athens. The sole bustling city on an uninhabitable planet in the constellation of Cassiopeia. At least, it was. When you think about it, our entire civilization operates on fear as a motivator. We stay awake at night because we're afraid of what awaits us in our sleep. We speak of our success because we're afraid of being forgotten. We go as far as betraying our common man to live longer, even if it means they don't. But that doesn't seem to stop anyone from thriving. That is, until life involves a completely unknown entity. I had never once in my life considered any of these things, until I saw... A woman plunge from her high office window directly onto the pavement in front of me downtown. It wasn't a clean hit. She was still alive, if you could call it that. She landed on her right shoulder, her spine was broken. It looked like something straight out of fiction. Bones protruded from where they shouldn't. Her right arm was barely even attached. She was fading fast. What stood out most, though, was the fact that her left leg seemed to have been severed before the fall. But here now, she was staring straight at me. and I could hear her breathing. You can tell a lot about a person from just their eyes. This was agony. This was pure fear. No, not just that. She was trying to tell me something. She was trying to tell me something that the world would no longer allow her to. Those eyes... He knew it was too late for her. Surviving this would be like catching lightning in a bottle. Unfortunately for her, if you hold a bottle in a rainstorm, lightning just kills you. That's when it landed on her. You ever see those cartoons where someone explodes and everything in their vicinity is just covered in red? In reality, it's a lot more grotesque than that. She was dead before it even fully compressed her. Every orifice. Eyes, mouth, nose, ears, guts. There was a crowd when it dropped. We were all frozen, covered in blood. We didn't even know what the fuck we were looking at. It wasn't concerned with us yet. It was eating. It was hungry. On all fours, it was as tall as me. There were no eyes. Just a long, slender, white, spore ridden body held up by four scarlet clawed hands. It did have nostrils and a mouth, don't get me wrong, but the mouth made up most of the face. That thing was all teeth. And then more bodies started falling. And more of those things started jumping into the crowd froze, I couldn't do anything but watch. You ever had one of those moments where you truly believed you didn't have any fears? I used to. And then I saw a mother pull her child away from one of those things. But away was right into the road. She didn't know that neither did the guy driving the cargo shuttle. For her, the monster wasn't even the scary part anymore. She had just killed her child. And for a split second, she was the monster. Her face wore a mask of vacancy fully understanding what she had just done. She had the moments to process. So her face was caved into the concrete by a falling creature. An elderly man saw me. He pleaded with me. Sir, please don't let them get me. Don't
0: don't let them
1: take me he had already been grabbed. They tore him. Clean in half. I say that, but clean isn't the right word. If I'm honest. Before now, I hadn't even thought back to him. No amount of training I had could set me up to fight that many things, or even one at the time. I justified it to myself by saying I've got too much to hold on to. Or, I did. Soon, I was dodging them left and right. The carnage was unbelievable. Then they started spraying that toxin. That fucking toxin. It was this gas their spores spat out. Some people like yours truly, didn't react to it immediately. But others, they got the worst of it. It was some kind of defense mechanism, that much I know now. It seemed to do something different to everyone. I saw a few people go into a rage. They turned on each other. I saw several... Experience vivid hallucinations, screaming at nothing before being taken down by the monsters they'd forgotten about. But I just kept running, right through the fumes. I didn't care though, I was alive, and I wouldn't see the results of that inhalation for a long time. I was noticed though. See, they make this sound, this roar. One that could cut through an explosion. And that was the first time I heard it. It's enough to make a special operative piss himself in his sleep. I can personally vouch for that. I went much faster after that, tucking into an alleyway. Tore through just behind me, slicing at anything in its way with those sharp scarlet claws. I ended up slamming through the door of some candy shop. No back door. There was no time to register anything. Bad time to be claustrophobic. I didn't know I was yet, though. That thing sure didn't wait long to let itself inside, too. It was an immediate game of slash and duck. It was smashing everything. Despite the enclosed space, it sure gave its all flailing those arms everywhere, but the panic gave me a sense of advantage. Safety! I grabbed a jar and smashed it over the head just as a claw connected with the side of my face. But I would have time to bleed later. It pinned me against the counter, raising an arm to finish the job. I reached out and dug my fingers into one of the spores on its back, ripping and tearing at the skin, it writhed in pain, almost missing me, tore my chest to ribbons. I took a moment of confusion to grab its hand and pull it under the candy press. Slamming the lever back, I severed one of its claws. bleeding that much this was exactly what I needed leverage it was flailing on the floor now I took this opportunity falling onto its back as it slid across the ground I plunged the claw into its head and rolled it back exposing its brain I really thought that would kill it But it sprayed that toxin right in my face and kicked me in the chest. I hit the opposing wall. For a moment, everything was black, fading in just in time to see it lurch forward. I pulled my head to the left, narrowly avoiding a deathly crunch. I was lucky. It had its fangs stuck to the floor crossing a leg behind it to flourish. I ended up on top of it again. I remember my last resort was to pull open its bashed cap and push my hands inside. It resisted with everything it had, blood pooling everywhere, both mine and its own. With a firm grip, I grasped its brain and pulled until it popped. Was the last sound in the room. I had severed its brain stem. After that, it's all really hazy. I stumbled over and fell behind the counter. There's a first aid kit. If God actually wanted me to live, I guess this was his way of telling me. I tore it open and bit into a plastic bag, pulling a trauma stem out of it. I slammed the stem right into my own chest. I was going to make it. This was going to stop the bleeding, but I needed time. When a trauma stem is applied, it shuts the body down to accelerate the process of tissue repair flooding your body with artificial nutrients to keep you alive in the shutdown, but it's not perfect. I still have the scars to this day. So I crawled across the floor and locked myself in the broom closet and passed out. I don't really know how that saved me. It shouldn't have, but I was undisturbed for about 36 hours. Everything kind of just faded in. Barely aware, I opened the door to the closet. The thing was still lying on the floor. Just a husk now. It was extremely quiet. Just the scattering of glass as I walked to the door. When I got outside, for the first time in my life, the city was silent. No cars, no people walk home was a quiet creep. I was afraid of waking anything that could be lurking nearby. I didn't even know why I was trying to go home. Maybe because in my head it's the safest place in the world. I could regroup, figure out what's going on. You know, for such a futuristic city, it seemed to lack its character without all the modern marvels flying around. At one point, I came across a street sweeper bot standing in place, still echoing its warning message.
0: Please, step out of the way so that I may resume my task. Please, step out of the way so that I may resume my task.
1: What was in front of it was only the lower half of a person. Something told me they weren't going to move. When I got home to my apartment, my safety net, the thought finally occurred to me to check my communicator. I mistakenly left it at home that morning. Twenty missed calls. Five voice messages. All from my brother. Nick.
0: First message. Hey, man, uh, I was thinking later today we'd go grab a bite to eat. Your nephews really want to see you, you know. We love you, buddy. I'll call back later. Next message. Liam, are you okay, man? There's these things on the TV. It just came out of nowhere. They're saying they locked down the west half of the city, and I just wanted to check on you. Call me back. Next message. They put out a stay in order. I'm kind of scared, Liam. I need my big brother. I need to know that you're okay. It's been six hours since I last called, man. Pick up. Please. Next message hey uh good morning I guess I just got a call that they're evacuating people level 4 personnel are being picked up first that's me and you Liam that's us we don't gotta worry as long as you get here in time we have a few hours left I'll wait as long as I can please pick up I feel like I'm losing it.
1: I hesitated before playing the last message. I was scared. I was already tearing up. I took a deep breath. And then pressed play.
0: Last message. Liam, I gotta go. I don't wanna. But it's time. I can't stay any longer without putting the kids in danger, and neither of us wants that. Just... I don't know what to say. I don't know if this is goodbye, but it's been over 24 hours. are my brother, man. I wanted for us what Mom knew we deserved. If you're alive, I hope you can keep living life on your own terms. I hope that nightmares don't stick around too long. I hope you can love yourself long enough to stick around and be strong. Because I'd really like to see you again. Because your nephews need an uncle and I need my brother. I love you, man. Be safe.
1: Be strong. Tears welled up in my eyes as I punched in his number and clicked call. Please don't go.
0: Something tells me this isn't the last we'll hear of Liam, but for now, we have more stories to tell in auditorium. Liam, our narrator, was played by Bill Simons. This episode was written and soundscaped by Landon Wisnant, me, who did the other voices and robots. Many hats, not enough time. Our coming stuff is more lighthearted, I promise. We have a coffee now, and you can find a link to that in the description. Now that you're done here, go listen to Ethics Town. Rhys has a great voice. This is a threat. I will die on this hill.